0: You are listening to the Style Medium Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss everything to do with life and godliness. My name is Christiana and I am your host. Hi everyone, hello, hello, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Style Medium Podcast. How has your week been? Have you been minding your purpose? And if so, how have you been minding your purpose this week? I hope we are well. Grab your, well, depending on when you're listening to this, grab a cup of tea. I am drinking a cup of tea right now. And yeah, let's get into today's podcast. Now, if you are listening to this, um, great, thank you for tuning in, but I think the best experience is to watch this as well. So um, this is also a video podcast on my YouTube channel. And I've heard Spotify is actually launching video podcasts. So as well as listening to the audio on Spotify, you are able to also listen to or watch the video on uh, Spotify as well. So if that's the case, then you should be able to watch and listen to this podcast on Spotify. Um, Spotify as well, so which is which is great, which is incredible. So can't wait for Spotify to launch that. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, the usual follow me on my socials. Um, the podcast page is at Style Meet at the Style Medium podcast, and my normal page is just Style underscore Medium, all that good stuff. So, what has been happening this past two weeks? It seems like a lot has actually been happening this past few weeks. Um, you know, the shade room has been, has been buzzing, um, shade borough has been buzzing, everything, it just seems like there's just been a lot of drama, and, uh, let's start off on a, maybe on a cherry or a good note, Adele is back, wow, after how many years, six years, she gave us 19, the album, she's done three albums, for someone who's just done three albums, and, basically the recognition and fame or whatever that she's gotten um you know what sometimes some people t- talent talent does pay off and I don't know if she writes all of her songs but I don't know there's something there's something about Adele I think Adele is just real she is a real human being who got like trust into this so we just got like into this industry just writing uh a series of songs After her um, heartbreak. And for me, it's a picture of how to use your pain. You know when they say, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Like Adele is a picture of when life gives you lemons, you open a whole damn lemonade shop and you start selling the lemons. For me, I just thought, you know what? Use your, use your pain. You better use your pain to get yourself famous and rich. Um, so I don't know when, when I heard that and I saw she did the Vogue, what actually led me to uh, know that she was back with an album was the Vogue that she did, like the first woman to cover both Vogue USA and Vogue UK at the same time. That is another achievement. You go girl. Um, that's what got me and I saw her looks and I'm like Adele is serving, Adele is serving us these looks and the Vogue cover looks looks peng and she has lost away weight like you like i every after a heartbreak after a divorce after a, a death the changes that women make in particular really i find really interesting she just she lost a whole bunch of weight anyway good on her and i think she brought out the, uh, one of the singles for uh, the new album as well and it's typical adele style is a typical ballad and i think one thing that i don't know draws me to people like her is and etta james i'm a big fan of etta james our people call their music music to hang yourself to because it's just so sad and a lot of people find it depressing but i think when music touches on the human experience and the human emotion A lot of people can agree with that and because it's something we all experience as human beings so she talks about heartbreak and a lot of people can relate with heartbreak so they will go out and listen to her music and i think it's something that got me wondering about what is the place of music or art or creativity within the christendom that talks about the human experience now We can't talk about the human experience outside of God. As Christians, we know that. And I know these people are circular artists talking about their experiences from their standpoint and from their point of view. But it got me thinking of a bigger picture of, is there a place in Christendom for creatives who are Christians to talk about the human experience without necessarily saying the name Jesus? But we know that the wind and the inspiration behind it is of Christ. Does that make sense? A lot of circular music, um, even if the inspiration or the wind or the thing pushing it is not diabolical, a lot of it is self. We understand that a lot of it is self. And in the arena and space of self is also a very dangerous place because you are basically free food for any spiritual entity but if we are saying our inspiration as christians and the ruach the hebrew word for wind and inspiration um is christ is the holy spirit is there a place for creativity talking about the human experience and again not not that we are ashamed of the gospel or ashamed of christ but if a christian goes through a heartbreak or whatever can they is is there a place for that expression Without them necessarily mentioning Christ, does that does that make sense? And, and a lot of my people think, why why don't you want to mention the name Christ? Are you ashamed to be a Christian? Nah no, nah no, nah no, nah. No. Calm down. Sometimes there are some covert operations of the kingdom, and we read it a lot with Esther. Esther was a Jew, but Mordecai told her, "Don't you dare reveal your identity until it's time." change your name your 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 as in uh, for hebrew to change it and we understand the in, the importance of name change especially with the um hebrew boys and for the, change your name change your identity hide your identity until a time such as this and then when that time came mordecai had to basically come and check check girl and say, remember where you're coming from. If you, if, you know, if, um, salvation is not going to come from you, God is going to raise another. So please don't get me wrong when I say that all out, cause I think who was in conversation, Jonathan Reynolds, I think he was, um, in conversation or saying something about, along those lines of creating music, not that is going to be necessarily you that you're going to play during uh, praise and worship, It's not every music that comes from a Christian artist that we're going to use to enter the presence of God, quote unquote. (laughs) I understand that a lot of people listening can't see me. I just did the quotation um, sign. But quote unquote is not going to be here I am. Not every music is going to be here I am to worship. So can we create music that is inspired by the Holy Spirit, the wind of the Holy Spirit? Because we see a lot with Afrobeats. Uh, Christian Afrobeat I'm not necessarily gonna play Christian Afrobeat for time of corporate worship um and just things like that is there a place for that can I and it's stuff with poetry as well and I find a lot of Christians who are poets feel like they're being judged when they do they write their art but they don't mention the name jesus everyone is expecting them to mention jesus Jesus, Jesus. but they're talking about their experience and their humanity but we understand that the wind pushing that is christ the wind pushing that is the holy spirit but they feel like until they mention the name jesus they're not going to be taken seriously uh, by the christian trust me when i say i understand that concept Before I started this podcast, a lot of stuff I do is fashion. It's stuff that is not on the necessarily the mountain of religion. But I felt like people in Christendom were looking me sideways or looking me sideward because I was being secular. And it's just and so I felt like I needed to be more spiritual in order to. I felt I needed to be more spiritual in order for people within Christendom to take me serious. Like I needed to display my spiritual prowess in order for them to see this thing that I'm doing is not just something I'm doing out of thin air. It's not circular or whatever. I felt like I needed to prove that. And I've talked to a lot of Christian creatives, guys. The feeling is the same. That when you're not necessarily putting the name of Jesus in it, people think you're backslidden. People think you're not serious. People think you're doing circular, but it's always about check the inspiration and check the wind behind it. And I know I've rattled on, but I guess from that whole Adele thing is, is there a place for Christian creatives to talk about their human experience without necessarily mentioning the name Christ but we know that the wind and the inspiration behind it is that's the question i'm going to leave i'm going to leave with you um, and let me know in the comments, if you're on YouTube or just hit me up on, um, Instagram, let me know what you think about that. Now, should we get into the, today's topic? There's another one, the thing that's happening in society lately. I want to talk about, and I feel like if I talk about this, it's going to be, I'm going to go off tangent because there's another thing I actually wanted to talk about today. Or maybe I should just talk about this and let's just talk about what's going on in life. So Jesse Nelson jesse nelson that's a name now, right jesse nelson before i even say it wrong yeah, jesse nelson now if you don't know jesse nelson she is she was part of the girl group called little mix now little mix got put together like 10 years ago when they went on x factor as um single act but they put them together as a group and they formed little mix now little mix has been blowing up for, like they've been in this industry and they've been doing bits i actually remember back in the day i went to a little mix concert a friend of mine had tickets for little mix and i actually went to a little mix concert and they can put on a show they can put on a performance um so jesse nelson is one of the four girls in little mix and i think it was last year uh, like guys if you need to check me because this story i don't know if i'm getting it right last year she left the band she left the group and um a few weeks ago or maybe yeah a few weeks ago she came out with a song with Nicki Minaj um called Bad Boys I think to be fair with you guys I haven't really listened to the song I, I've seen bits of it on social media and basically this young white woman from Essex in this song is talking about how she likes bad boys it's a song with Nicki minaj and puff daddy signed off on it i think puff daddy or P. Diddy even made an appearance on it it did a cameo and <laughs> and i'm just like okay i understand the place of music and how music can transcend communities and because okay let me just go off on a tangent because a lot, like, with when Tupac was alive and a lot of his music was not only listened to by the Black community, you had Upper East Side, Upper West Side, like, uh, teenagers and kids listening to Tupac. T- Tupac talking about his struggle living in the ghetto and these kids had no idea what it was like living in the ghetto, but... They were singing the songs and, you know, um, singing the lyrics. And I'm like, you have no idea what he's talking about. You do not know his experience. But music was able to transcend communities. So having that in mind, you've got Jessie Nelson, who is a white 30-something-year-old woman from Essex talking about how she likes bad boys in a song with Nicki Minaj. And a lot of the the internet was like, but baby girl, you, ain't, you what bad boy? And they kept bringing up her like past exes and like, but which of these are bad boys? Auntie, which of these are bad boys? Now, I am not in the place of bullying. I am not here to advocate people bullying because she's had all of her career, she's been bullied online and it's affected her mentally. And she has gone through a lot of bullying online but here is my two cents. So let's, let's make that clear. We're not advocating people to get bullied online. We have seen the damage bullying does to people online. People have killed themselves based on keyboard warriors online in their mama's basement, talking trash about people, but I'm like, baby girl. Okay. So there, a lot of the, um, what do you call it? A lot of the backlash came out of the fact of she she's blackfishing basically making money and pretending a lot of people like were confused like she's not mixed race when they found out that she's white she's not mixed race because her hair naturally is curly and when she tans, she turns she turns darker so which can make her look mixed race and in the music video she they really played on this look she was like wearing a weave like 90s 90s fashion 90s look and really playing on this look that she was mixed race but she's really not so which is why which is what blackfishing is so a lot of people accused her of blackfishing now um and uh, there's a whole thing that went that happened with one of our other band members i forgot her name now the one that just had the twins i really a name just skipped my mind but basically calling her out for black fishing and pretending to be black and making money off black culture when she's not really black and all of that and we had the whole Nicki minaj came on live and talked about it and all that drama and i'm just like wow people really have time for drama but it's the music industry drama is what you know pushes it drama is what makes it thrive Ah, some asmr for you guys there (laughs) so now i'm looking at it from this angle because a lot of so we've got that angle of she's blackfishing um but then a lot of people say oh but you know black people as well um you you guys wear weave you don't always wear your hair naturally you wear weave you um contour your nose to make it look skinnier you guys also change your appearances in order to appear white and you can be like "Mm, that is nuanced because that is not in itself uh there's a reason behind that. And a lot of it is assimilation. And I must point out that a lot of this, when we're talking about it, is the Black American, Black African experience. It's not always the whole Black experience. People from Africa might not be able to relate for. uh, in regards to the oppression and the things black Americans go through. So when we talk about a lot of this, we are looking at it from the very nuanced concept and inside of the black American experience. So, and a lot of it, even when people come over from Africa to the UK, even in Africa, people be wearing weave because it's this, um, it's this, what you call it point of view of whoever owns history. They are the one that write it. And, um, our white Caucasian brothers and sisters conquered the world. They went through all the four corners of the world, conquered the world and put their influence and their ideology into the world. So that in every part of the world, whiteness seems to be the norm. Any part of the world that you go to, whiteness is seen as the norm. So when people say, oh, black people try to also, you know, they wear weave, you know, uh, I didn't want to put uh, the headphones over my hair because it's going to block my hair, but it's doing my headache. So um, as I was saying, when um, white people or other races say black people wear weave or try to look white, you need to understand that society says to us, that white is the norm, that whiteness is the norm. Therefore people try to assimilate to that because it's the subconscious message that's been sent out. And a lot of it is assimilation. A lot of it is when you wore, back in the day when you wore your natural hair to work, you were sent home or you were fired because you were accused of being unkempt. So you tend to, you learn to assimilate. In order for you to thrive in this, in corporate America, it's only until recently now in corporate a, a newscaster wear their hair naturally like if you look at me now i've got this afro kink afro kinky headband wig on 10 15 years ago it would have been on spoken of you walk into corporate america with your hair like this what are you trying not to get a job you so you wear your weave or you um what you call it you relax your hair in order to fit in so when people compare those two things it's very nuanced and you can't say that and also you know what this might just be the topic for this for today this might just be what we talk about today i was going to talk about something else but i don't want this to be long so like, i guess we we'll just we'll just talk about this and i guess the other thing is the fact about throughout history our white counterparts have been making money off of black creativity from the very beginning off of black product and creativity now i can take you all the way back to slavery when uh our palaces and homes were looted because a lot of them felt like we were not valuing what we had if your land is full of gold and gold is what you're used to until what your cooking your cooking plate is going to be made out of gold so we were told that we didn't value what we had. So they had to be taken off us because we didn't value it. But if this precious wood or stone or material is literally what your entire land is made of, the mundane things will be made out of that material because your land is full of it. It wasn't that they didn't value it. It was because that's the resources that they had to make the everyday, everyday living so when people saw houses just scattered and littered with gold yeah ghana full of gold or ivory ivory coat and it's just like anyway but then by putting their value on things that they thought we didn't value that in itself is making money out of black creativity and black products does that make sense the sense of and also they put monetary value on it whereas a lot of these a lot of these families might have put other forms of value on it like spiritual value especially like with the golden uh, the wooden images and the wooden carvings that were um the wooden carvings that were looted a lot of people might not have put monetary value on it, but a lot of it had spiritual value to families. So when you take, now I know, uh, guys, bear with me, but when you take someone's gold, a carved image, which is their God, which is their deity, and you're saying you're taking it because you are looking at it as art, because you're, yeah, you're looking at it as art and you want to put it in a museum, You might have put monetary value on that, but they might have put spiritual value on it. Again, we're talking about value here. We're talking about the essence of value. It's not always monetary value. So we've got carved images of people's deities in the British Museum that in itself is just blowing my mind and I, i'm not sure which museum was it that said they would not return some of the looted stuff back to africa because africans wouldn't know how to value it but you it's but you stole my you stole and i think it was uh chimamanda that gave this example of another person who gave an example of it like this if you take my rapper because you you say this wrapper, the material is nice, it's expensive. You stole it from me, it's my wrapper. But you will not return it back to me because you're saying I would not value the rapper. But it's not for you to determine if I value it or not. The, the question, it, the thing in question is that it is mine. You took it, give it back. It's not for you to judge whether it is valuable or not. So that's just one example of where black creativity and black products have been taken because we were told we didn't value it enough now let's bring this to modern day let's bring this to um the ghetto quote unquote let's bring this to less privileged places where creativity was birthed because they did not have sufficient resources when people are in a struggle that is where i find that the most creativity comes out because you need to learn to survive So when people are not being given and when a community of people do not have as much resources as another community of people, and these people are naturally creative anyway, now, now another tangent i personally believe now um a lot of people when you think of countries you can think of what is maybe they naturally endowed to them you think of the uk you might think of education because you know oxford cambridge you, you might think of education you think of the usa you might think of something else so you, you um you think of germany you think of engineering you think of uh, precision you think when you say france you say maybe food or their accent or you know love you think of Italy as well, you might think of food and stuff like that. So you think of all these countries and you think of that. Now when I say black, now this is also nuanced because black people are not all the same. We are, our experiences are spanned across different countries. So should I say the nation or the ethnicity or people who have melanated skin color, I would say one of the things that's been given to us is creativity. And the ability to change culture and shape culture. Hands down, across all spectrums, across all country. One thing you can say about black people is that they are creative. If it comes to art, anything that's to do with shaping culture, art, entertainment, music, sport, across the spectrum, hands down, you can't deny that. Now going back to what i was saying when a people who do not have as much resources who are in a struggle that is one of the places where creativity comes out now to a people who are already naturally inclined to creativity they're bound to be creative where i'm going with this story is the fact of there's this saying that it's only ghetto until it becomes fashion like something is only seen as ghetto until a white celebrity starts to wear it and then it's fashion until vogue picks it up and then it's fashion but until then it's still ghetto and we've seen it over and over again where things emanate from the black african or black american culture it's called ghetto by those who are outside the culture but as soon as it leaves the culture it's called fashion and what we don't know, especially in the um, Black uh, black American gay community as well, there are a lot of things that have come out of the Black American gay community that are seen as the norm now. A lot of the sayings and a lot of the memes that you guys talk about, you find a lot of it derived out of the Black American gay community that has now gone mainstream. That has now gone mainstream. So when it's stuff to do with hair, it's ghetto until someone does it for high, for high fashion or is on the runway. Um, and we've, what people forget is a lot of these stuff, people were not setting out to be creative. People were just setting out to survive. And a lot of the stuff has a function. For example, to, nowadays people wear a durag as fashion. Dur- a durag actually serves a function. It was to lay the wave, like men wore it to lay their waves. And they were going out, they kept it on, they were not gonna take it off because I need you need those waves to be (laughs) laid. So a lot of these stuff served as functions. Bandana. Bandana was not the the blue and the red bandana is now fashion, but back in the day it was to demarcate which side you belonged to. It wasn't just fashion, it was a sign of which gang you belonged to. So and, and for me, now is the fact that. I want to pose a question to maybe then the African, the black African-American community is, is it the fact that we are not placing value or or we're not seeing value in some things then until someone from outside the community places value on it and are now making money out of our create our quote unquote creativity. Does that make sense? So let's say let's use the durag for example again. So wearing a rag to you like is just normal. I need my I need let need my edges laid. I need my waves laid. Someone from outside the community sees that, takes it back and creates a fashion look out of it. Now they're selling durag that you can buy from the hair shop for like a dollar a pound one, $1, £1 ninety nine. They're selling it for five hundred pounds. The same durag. And now it's high fashion. Is it that we don't see the value in our creativity or why then are we up in arms when someone else from outside our community takes what we have and places value on it and makes money on it and makes money from it. And we, the ones who created it are not making jack. These are the things I think about so going back to the whole jesse thing because it's not just about jesse nelson i think he just brought up a whole conversation about people from outside the community making money off of the things produced by the community so did jesse nelson nelson blackfish i think this is why i want to be careful with what i want to say now because i think homegirl knows what she's doing she has agents, she's in the industry. She like for the fact that P did even sign this off, I think those behind the inspiration behind and those behind her, they like Homegirl knows what she's doing. And kudos to you, if, it, if it's all about getting your bag, get your bag. You did a song with Nicki Minaj and it was a hit, you got your name recognized and even the backlash might serve her as good but if it's about getting the bag homegirl knows what she's doing and she's getting her bag and this if anything is just giving her more publicity and that's my that's my two cents on the matter so and like i said i'm not advocate for bullying no one deserves to be bullied but i think it just brought up more of a conversation of Why are black people seeming not to be profiting more off of their creativity? Whereas other people from outside, and it might just be the way we package it or the way again, is it that we don't value it? But if something is everyday to you, you don't see the value of it until someone else puts value. Now I'm just thinking out loud. This is this is me, guys. This is the kind of questions I think about. Like, okay, what is really going on? What's the underlying issue here? what is what is actually the underlying issue? Why are people so mad? And I and I hear that a lot, where you know a lot of black people say we can't have anything. Like black people cannot have anything to themselves. Uh, another race, another set or group of people have to jump on it. Like just give us something. Give you've taken everything away from us. Give us this one thing. Give us something. You don't have to jump on it. E- <laughs> And I hear that and I hear the frustration when a people is, and again, I'm talking mainly here about, you know what? Even the black British culture, let's talk about grime music. Let's talk about drill music. Let's talk about how, you know, you listen back in the day, you just listen to grime and the police will stop you straight up on the street. But now we've got white grime artists. We've got Eddie Sheeran trying to step into the grime game. So all of a sudden, grime is now acceptable. Drill is now acceptable because our white counterparts are setting, uh, stepping into, into the music. Now it's become mainstream. It's no longer something that black people were just doing underground. Like if you know the history of grime music and the OGs, which is why I get why Wiley sometimes goes, is wildin'. Which is why I get why sometimes he be acting crazy. So <laughs> it's just a case of, oh, so now that is mainstream, it's acceptable. So it's not just Black American it's Black British culture as well, because it seems like every other person or every other race can make money out of our creativity or productivity apart from the people who created it. And I just wanted to give that perspective to a lot of people. You know, are questioning, blah, 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 blah. And to be fair, I think this issue of race and creativity and this whole issue is going to be something that's going to be forever because of human nature because of human nature but i i think it was it's a good place to revisit the conversation because these are conversations guys these are conversations and i don't want to say it but knowing human nature these are conversations we're going to be having until jesus comes until jesus returns we are still going to be having conversations about nations ethnicities gender sexuality we're going to have all conversations about intersect intersectionalities because these are the things that divide us these are the dividing lines that the enemy uses to separate us so we're still going to be having conversations about it so it's it's a it's a case of then of how do we go then into into the world how do we bring christ into um these issues of sectionality how do you especially now within uh, the black african and black american communities who are going back to their ancestors and leaving the white man's religion how do you present to them a christ who trans- who transcends culture how do you because t- some of this stuff happened within christendom black fishing happens? <sighs> right like some of the issues we think they're just the world and I think sometimes as Christians, we sweep it under the rug of, oh, we all, we all belong to Christ. We're all in Jesus. There is neither male nor female. There is neither bond nor free. There is no Greek or Jew. When that's in theory, but in our reality and in our experiences, we still find that intersectionality playing out within the body of Christ, within Christendom, within the church. Where white churches... Evangelical white churches are seen as the standard compared to your black Anglican or black Pentecostal churches. And then there are still diversities within and it's a conversation we are going to be having until until jesus comes because these are dividing lines that the enemy uses and as long as there is still flesh as long as there's still the fallen nature of man then the devil has he has food to eat so This wasn't really what I wanted to talk about today, but I guess it's a great place to think about some of the questions I brought to us today. If you're white, black, blue, yellow, if you're an alien listening to this podcast, I want you to think about those questions. I want you to think about, you know, if we started talking about Christian creatives and a place of talking about the human experience and also what we talked about in terms of uh, black fishing in terms of intersectionalities in terms of how do we talk about these topics in the body of Christ, knowing that they affect us who are in the body of Christ as well this is not just these are not just issues that are going out in the world these are issues affecting people even if they don't talk about it it is something that is affecting them in their hearts and they're still trying to hold on to the lord and a lot of people are falling away from the faith because they believe that jesus is only the jesus for the white people and a lot of our black brothers and sisters are going back to their ancestors and their ancestors religion because of their experience in christendom so i want you to think about all those questions and hopefully later on in this podcast we will dive into those topics and really get into the nitty gritty of it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this and yeah, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you have a great week. Go in this, your strength, conquer this week make sure that you represent christ in everything that you do this week and don't forget to mind your purpose i will catch you again in another episode deuces